Good morning. As James mentioned earlier, we have these couple of weeks as we, prior to moving into the building, where we'll have sort of a sermon that functions as a family chat. Um, we've said, and we continue to say, that the building is a tool. A tool for what? Well, it's going to be a tool for launching us out in missional engagement with our community, and also a tool for care and love for and shepherding of the body within. So those are the, basically the two areas we want to focus on before we go into that place. So this morning, we talk about missional engagement or evangelism. Uh, before we jump into the text, I have to say, you know, when I was a kid, if someone asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I, I'd never had being a pastor on my radar, <laughs> um, let alone the evangelist pastor. You know, ever since my conversion in college, I, I always had a heart for the lost, and I'm sure many of you share that with me, but I never thought of myself as an evangelist. Why is that? I, I think that is because for so long I had a very small, narrow, myopic view of what that is. I sort of pictured the moment of confrontation or that knock on the door and the, the presentation in that moment, and certainly those are all aspects of evangelism, but I just narrowed in on that, and I said, well, that's just, that's not, that, does, that doesn't seem like me. I, it's not how God's wired me, so it must not be me, but fast forward, and the Lord sent us to England after seminary, and we went, and I had, the Lord put the lost on my heart there, and I tried to share the gospel, and I did that, and we talked about our church that we had there, and so often I found that as I was sharing the gospel, so many looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language. It's like, what is this? And so I began to learn that a lot of it came through in the context of relationships. Uh, I, I had to find common ground as well. And I realized and I learned as I listened and I built relationships that the common ground is the human heart. Uh, one of my mentors, one of our, James uh, is mentors, we talk about Dr. Krabendam a lot. He says often that the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And he's, it's, it's so true. We know it, we feel it, and we see it as we look out into the world. The Lord is teaching me that evangelism is very much about being an explorer in the wild of the human heart. That takes us to our text. We have three different texts printed there in the bulletin for you. We're going to work our way through these, but the one to really get us going is Proverbs 20, verse 5. You may not have thought of that as an evangelistic text, but I want to put it before you as such. It says there, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water but a man of understanding will draw it out. This is the word of the Lord. I want to pray and ask the Lord to guide us through this journey in his word. Father, we do ask that you would shape us, that you would teach us from your word. We thank you that you gave us Jesus, your son, and he teaches us. You are the evangelist. You allow us to be a part of your work. I pray that your word would go all the way into our hearts to shape us, to transform us for your glory. We ask in Christ's name, amen. April 28th, 2019, uh, Victor Vescovo, 
set a world record dive to the deepest place on earth, the deepest point in the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean called Challenger Deep. Uh, It's over 35,000 feet deep, about seven miles. It's pretty wild to even think about that. It's actually 6,000 feet deeper than uh, Mount Everest is high or tall. The, the light of the sun is pretty much gone after you get down below about 650 feet. Uh, and the, once you get to the bottom of that, the pressure is about a thousand times that of just normal atmospheric pressure. So something you can't really live in, it would just crush us. And so uh, he went down in a titanium hold, a little submarine that he was in called the Limiting Factor. It was interesting. It was a 12-hour journey. About four hours down, he spent about four hours down there exploring, and then four hours to come back up. And the creatures that he discovered down there are just wild-looking, like aliens. And there's so many things down there that we don't even know is there. They say that anything really below 20,000 feet, they call it the Hadal Zone. It's mostly the trenches in the ocean. Uh, They say it's the last unexplored frontier on Earth. We just don't know what's down there. (laughs) Uh, the explorers are really only beginning to scratch the surface of what's down there. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, the, the purpose in a man's heart is like deep waters. It's hard to know what's going on down in there sometimes. We don't even know what's going on in our own sometimes, let alone someone else's. But again, as Dr. Krabendam says so often, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And evangelism must go there. So how do we do it? The deep places can be hard and scary. We find strange things there, but we must go. But we don't often take that deep dive into the hearts of non-Christians because of fear. James spoke to it earlier. We, we have fear. We all do. And we need to just admit that. We do. We have fear. We're afraid of those things. We're afraid of, uh, of what they will think of us. You know, fear of man. Like, what, what are they going to think about me if I start engaging and asking these questions and trying to tell them about Jesus. What are they going to think of me? Maybe that we haven't plumbed the, uh, the, our own deep waters, and so perhaps we're afraid to do that with someone else. We're afraid of what we'll find down there, what creatures will be stirred up. It might be scary. We might not have answers for what comes up. We might not know what to say, right? Fear that our own faith could be shaken by what we discover or what we find or what they might bring out of those deep waters. It could even be that we don't have non-Christians in our lives to go there with. But the heart of evangelism must be for the heart of the non-Christian because Jesus is the man of understanding. And he has done the deep dive in our own hearts. And if we know Christ, he's done that in us, and he's actually equipped us to be able to go there for, with others. You know that he's given us what we need. Because we actually take the heart of Christ into those deep waters of the non-Christian heart. We have the Holy Spirit. We have all we need. And I believe that's the heart of evangelism. But if evangelism looks like an exploration of the human heart, what actually takes place? What does it actually look like? Well, let's, let's talk about that. I want to take us on a bit of a guide through this journey and what it can look like. You know, we take this deep dive into the non-Christian heart and we, we actually make discoveries. 
in them and in us, actually, by the way. We make discoveries that actually lead to oftentimes incredible gospel conversations. And we're also going to look at how God's actually the one doing the work of transformation all along the way. So evangelism as an exploration of the heart. What's the deep dive look like? What, what made Victor Vescovo make that dive? He wasn't actually like some trained scientist. He was a, 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 like a private equities uh, guy. He was just, he had the resources for one. He was wealthy. But he also had just an incredible, dri- he was driven by adventure and curiosity. He just wanted to know and he wanted to go there. And so he put in a whole lot of effort and resources into going. He just was curious. What are, why are we here? You know, I, I don't know if you've ever asked that question, but I've often wondered, you know, when, when, when the Lord converted me, when I became his, why did he not just sort of beam me up to go and be with him at that moment, right? <laughs> he could have done that and say, all right, you're mine. You're with me. He left us here. He's got something for us to do, right? And we know that. We know that he left us here for a reason. What if you began to think of yourself as an explorer in the wild, an explorer of the non-Christian heart? What if your prayer, your praying life always included, Lord, give me an opportunity to explore the heart of a non-Christian today? Many, th- many of us think this deep dive, it sounds scary. It's like, wow, that, I don't know if I can go there. I just, I just don't know. How do we go there? Well, again, uh, Victor's sub, the submarine that he crafted was called the limiting factor. It was designed to deal with the limiting factors of being able to actually go down there, right? You can't just swim down there with a scuba tank. You've got to have this titanium hold ship to go down there. It's the limiting factor. What are our limiting factors? Well, we let fear be that. What to say? What will they think of me? All of that. But again, God gave us actually everything we need to deal with that limiting factor or all those limiting factors. If you know Jesus, you have it. As I said earlier, the Holy Spirit. He, he is the one we, who takes us down into those deep waters. Again, who is the man of understanding? It is Jesus. He is that man of understanding. He, as I think about that, you know, have you ever wondered, like, who really knows me? Who really gets what's going on in here, right? We're, we're oftentimes feel alone in our heads or in our hearts. Like, nobody really knows what goes on in here. You'd run from me if you did, right? Jesus knows. <laughs> He's been there. He didn't run away. He ran to me. He ran to you. He's the man of understanding. How, how does he do that? How, how do we see him do that in Scripture? Do you, you know, Jesus was far more likely to ask a question rather than give an answer, right? Isn't that interesting? What questions did he ask? Well, just a few. Who do you say that I am? Why do you call me good? Can I have some water? <laughs> As simple as that sometimes, just in, engaging in relationship. Will you leave me also? There's just a few of the questions that Jesus asked, but those questions were 
to go into the heart, <laughs> to go into the deep waters, and that person to really say, what's going, what, well, who, who would I say that you are? Uh, wh- will I leave you also? I, I don't know, now that you ask. I have a, a, a non-Christian friend of mine who left Christianity at, uh, at a, as a young adult, and uh, as he explained that, we've, we've built a friendship, relationship, and we've had many conversations but when he told me that, I could have immediately led in with giving him a list of reasons why he should come back or why he should believe and all of those sorts of things. And that would have been fine. And that was a whole lot of me that wanted to do that in that moment. But I didn't because the Holy Spirit said, just wait. Just wait a minute, Michael. Ask him why. Ask him why he left. And so I proceeded to ask and he proceeded to tell me because I guess he trusted me enough to share that. And he said at the time, he was wrestling with a lot of questions, a lot of doubt. And he had one family member, an extended family member, a relative, who he could go to who would talk with him about those questions and engage with those things. But sadly, after a few months of those conversations, that family member passed. And he said through tears, I felt like God abandoned me, and he took my only lifeline to him. I wonder if I would have ever gotten there had I let in with the, here's why you need to believe again and why you need to come back. Maybe I might have. And again, there would be nothing wrong with making that case at the beginning, but I found out why why he walked away. And I was able to engage with the gospel. We talked about the Psalms at that point where the psalmist says things like, God, I feel like you've forsaken me. And he said, huh, maybe I should take a look at that. He's on a journey. (laughs) It doesn't always happen all at once, but he's on a journey. And the Holy Spirit led me into those deep waters. The Holy Spirit took me there. I could not have done that on my own. The Holy Spirit takes us there. Now, what, how do we go about this? How do you go about this? What are the things we need to have in place? I want to give you three things to think about with that. One is, have you been on the deep dive of your own heart? It's hard to go there with someone else if you haven't been there yourself. Will you let someone take you there? Will you ask someone to go there with you in your own deep waters? Ask me, ask James, ask someone And let them take you there. Two, are you equipped with the Holy Spirit? We must have the Spirit of Christ, the heart of Christ within us. We must know Him. I mean, it sounds obvious, but we need to name it. We need to know Christ. We need to have the Holy Spirit that He might take us into the deep waters of someone else's heart. And finally, do you have non-Christians in your life that you could do that with? Uh... 80% of evangelism in the early church was not done by trained ministers, but by ordinary believers through ordinary relationships with ordinary non-Christians. Well, so a bit about, that's a bit about the deep dive. What goes down must come back up, (laughs) at least in the case of going to the bottom of the ocean. You got to come back up. You can't stay down there forever. We can't stay in the deep waters. We must come up. So, what do we discover when it comes back to the surface? 
What do we find in the depths of the heart? Well, Scripture has some things to say about that, and I'll just throw a few out there for us. Genesis 6-5 says the heart, the heart of man is evil continually. <laughs> so we'll find that there. Don't be surprised. The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? Jeremiah 17. We can't understand it on our own. We'll also find, as Paul explains in Acts 17, when he's speaking in Athens about the unknown God, right? And he says, hey, you know, God has put us, put, has created man and put him in his place that he might seek after God and perhaps even find him. But he's not very, actually very far off is what Paul says. And I think what he's getting at is when we go into the depths of the heart, we also find that there is a longing for God because it's who we were made for. And when you go there, you will find that. You'll hear it in some way. It may not be an explicit question or statement, but it will be there. So what comes to the surface when we go there? I find that those are often the confessions of the soul. When you go there and you find those deep waters, and that person perhaps has never even seen it before, maybe no one's ever taken them there. I guarantee there are most people in this world have never had someone stop and slow down and take them there. And so they discover these things, and it comes back up, and it's often the confessions of the soul. Psalm 32 says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away from my groaning all day long. People are walking around in this world groaning. Their bones feel like they're wasting away because they're walking around with something in there that they don't know what to do with and they don't know who will draw it out for them. It's scary. James 5 says, Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. There is an aspect of healing that it comes with confession. <laughs> it happens. Uh, a couple of other non-Christian friends of mine who I've talked with recently, one, he, uh, he's, a, he's a pretty guarded guy, and recently he opened up about why that is. He knows I'm a pastor, um, and he said that he was a part of a ministry at one time that was sort of an outreach to uh, what he describes it as mis misfits, addicts, and folks like that, and uh, it was great for a while, but the leadership sort of it became a, a fame thing. And it crumbled. And he was burned by that. It hurt. And he said, after that, I just struggled with trust. But he shared that, and he opened up about it, and he continued to open up about the fact that he struggles with outbursts of anger. And he gets frustrated because he feels like he can't control it, and he's trying harder. He wants to be a good person, but he just can't do it. And so he teeters between despair and trying harder. And I was able to say in that context of that confession of the soul, hey, I think there's a third way. <laughs> Jesus says, come, all who are weary and heavy laden, and find rest for your soul. What if you surrendered all that to Christ? He's on a journey. <laughs> He's on a journey. Another friend of mine talks about a, a, a just really hard situation right now with his job. He said he actually felt like he had a panic attack over it one day not too long ago. It just was, his job was overwhelming him. And he said, I, I feel like, he said, Michael, I feel like for years God's been trying to like do something to me. He's trying to, he's been pursuing me. He's putting things in my life and I, and I don't really know what he's doing. Or, or he said, I'm, I'm, I wonder what he's doing. And I asked that, I said, what do you think he's doing? And he said, maybe he's wanting me to give myself wholly to him. 
but I'm realizing that I'm trying to have it on my terms. <laughs> I said, what are your terms? He said, I don't know. I said, well, let's explore that together. Let me tell you my story. Here's how I tried to have it on my terms and how it did not work. <laughs> and I realized that his terms were way better. <laughs> These conversations come out in the confessions of the soul where the gospel comes to bear. I could see where the, the, the contours of their longing and the contours of the gospel fit in those conversations. 1 Peter 3, 15, it's printed for you, says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I discovered that people are asking. <laughs> it says, I've read that text numerous times, and for some reason I've never seen that little bit uh, to anyone who asks. And for a while I wondered, like, why is no one asking? You know, I've, how many of you have had someone say, uh, hey, what must I do to be saved? It doesn't happen that often like that, but actually people are asking all the time, if you can hear it. Sometimes it's not even a question, it's a statement. Like someone saying, hey, I struggle with outbursts of anger. And it's just sort of the way they say it to you that they're almost looking like, hey, do you struggle with that too? How do, how do you deal with that, you know? So it's not a question, but it is. They're asking. They're, they're, they're wanting to know. And I think that being ready to give a defense to anyone who asks is not about, about mere platitudes. It's about sharing what's in us, or perhaps better to say who is in us. Someone could say, who doesn't know the Lord, I struggle with fear. You know what we can say? Me too. They can say, you know, people wonder, what, what's my purpose? I wonder what my purpose is. You know, you hear that sometimes. It may not come out in a question like that. It may just be, hey, I don't really think my job is that fulfilling right now. Maybe they're wrestling with purpose. You know what we can say? Yeah, I've wrestled with that too. Because sometimes you hear people say, I'm, I'm lonely. Again, it may not come out like that, but you can hear it. You know what you can say? I've been there too. People say, I wish there was less pain in the world. I wish things were made right again. I wish this thing that hurts, this thing that happened would be made right. You know what we can say? Me too. There's so much common ground with us and the non-Christian, and it's all about the stuff that's in here. The thing we can share is the hope we have within us. The person who is in us the explorer's discoveries are what we bring to the surface, not only from the non-Christian friend, but also actually what comes to the surface from us. If we are in love with Jesus, he will come to the surface of our lives. He will come out. The gospel will come out in, in these relationships. We will talk about Jesus The early church exploded through lay people having found treasure meant to share it. <laughs> Have you found treasure in Jesus? That treasure is going to come out. You'll want to talk about him. Uh, Tim Keller puts it like this. He says, informal but sustained relationships and conversations 
that will, be, will become more important in our increasingly secular world as many Christian beliefs are highly offensive to people. As was the case in the first century, now as then, most people won't show up to hear a Christian public speaker. Now more than ever, going to church is seen as a waste of time by the world. Thus, movement towards Christian belief will have to be personal, organic, and incremental. A lot of it's in the context of relationship. The Lord can do anything He wants. He can change a person in a moment. He chooses to use us, usually in relationship. Keller goes on to say, but don't call it friendship evangelism. And I I agree with that because it still sounds like something you turn on and off. This shouldn't be something we turn on and off. In the context of real friendship, by the way, I think the, the world, we generally have lost what, it, what friendship is. Deep friendship. In a world trending away from friendship and face-to-face conversations that's gone to digital and social media and all those things, in a world that's trending away from real friendship and real communication, real conversation, we can actually bring that back. <laughs> And it can come in the form of evangelism. We've talked, we've talked about evangelism looking like exploration. The deep dive, the resurfacing, the discoveries that come. We've talked about that from our perspective. Sort of what does that look like from, with us? What does it look like with the non-Christian? Well, what's God doing in the midst of all of that? What is God doing? We are instruments in the Redeemer's hands. He's doing the work. Ezekiel 36, it's printed for you. This is a promise that came through the prophet. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I'll put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. It's the actual work of conversion. (laughs) It's what we need most. That heart that we dive into and the things that we bring back to the surface, we can't fix any of it. (laughs) We can go there, we can take the person there, but we can't change it because the heart needs to be replaced. All the, the stuff that we discover there, all the stuff that's perhaps in that person's past, or if we go to our own deep waters, all the, our own mess that we discover down there, it must be cleansed. And, and then the, you know, the trying harder, just to, if I could, you know, how many times have we thought like, oh, if I could just get this Christian life thing figured out, I just need to try harder. Doesn't work, does it? <laughs> We need the Spirit of Christ in us to actually enable us to be able to live this life of following Christ. So there's three things. We need a new heart. We need a cleansed record. We need a Spirit, the the Spirit in us to give us the ability to follow the Lord. The gospel brings all three of those things. If we don't, if we run past the fact that we see that we that the problem is in here, not not out here, I can't blame this person or that thing or whatever happened to me then. I can't blame anything else on what's going on with me. I have to see that it's something in my core 
that needs to be transformed. If I don't see that, if I run past that, then all I have become is a well-behaved pagan. I need a new heart. We need a new heart. Thankfully, Jesus has given us that. (laughs) That is what we need most. In August of 2020, Vanderbilt Hospital's cardiac team transplanted four hearts in 48 hours. It's a pretty amazing medical feat. Uh, The transplant recovery team covered about 4,000 miles to obtain the donor hearts, and they used some uh, cutting-edge technology that actually allowed the heart to continue to beat outside the body. Uh, That's amazing, right? (laughs) That's incredible. How much more can God do for you what you need most? A new heart. To have the heart of stone removed and the heart of flesh put in, the flesh that will respond to him, that sees him, that loves him, that will live for him. How much more can he not do that? Have you seen your sin? Has someone taken you to the depths of your heart? Have you wondered what do you do with it? (laughs) There's only one to do. You can't fix it. There's only one thing to do. It's surrender. Surrender to Christ who will give you the new heart. Who will cleanse your record. Who will give you his spirit that you might live for him. What if Jesus is saying to you this morning, hey, this following me thing isn't about trying harder. It's about, it's about being get, given everything that is mine. Jesus came and he said, everything that is mine is yours now. I give it all to you, my heart, my perfect life, my spirit. It's all yours. All you have to do is surrender. Perhaps you're here and that is what you need to do this morning. Don't let fear hold you back. I remember a time in my life where I thought I was a Christian but then the Lord opened my eyes to give me a new heart, and I wondered, like, what are, what are, what's my family going to think? They thought I already was. Don't let that hold you back. Surrender. We will rejoice with the angels in heaven as the Lord brings you to himself. So what might be stopping you from giving in to him now? If you know him, for those of us who know him, what might be holding you back from pursuing non-Christians with the same lens that he has pursued you. I'm going to pray. You know where you are with those questions. You know where you are with the Lord. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord that he would do his work now as we close before we transition to the Lord's table. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus who came to give us everything, to give us his heart, to give us his record, to give us his spirit. You know what we need, and we need you on your terms. So I pray, Lord, for all of us here who know you already, that you would launch us out into this community to pursue the depths of the heart of the non-Christian to go there with the Spirit, with your Spirit. And Lord, I pray for any who are here who perhaps have never had the, heart, the deep waters of their heart plumbed. 
Would you do that, Lord, and would you give them a new heart in the process? We ask all these things for your glory. In Christ's name, amen.